Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Johnny Rabbit is on the air on the show for Amy and Chris today. And what a day. This weather is just incredible. It's like being in Orlando. Well, I don't know about Orlando. What's the weather like in Orlando, John Brown? <laughs> don't even ask. It's oh, uh, about better. sunny and sunny and 82 right now oh. so i played golf yesterday and uh i'm just finishing up cleaning the pool right now so <laughs> but hey you know what we just left yeah. st louis so we were up there when it was brutal so you guys are definitely enjoying it i'm sure did you fly <laughs> yes i did oh. and uh i think in total i had uh eight cancellations between here and in st louis and i just got a call from st louis today saying we found your luggage, so oh, good. I've been back about a week. So I'm going to get my I'm going to get my dirty clothes back at some point. That's great. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that red was just absolutely terrible. It's just unbelievable, really, that it happened. But you know what? But one of the coolest moments, though. Yeah. So our flight got canceled. They had to reinstitute it because they found an extra plane and they got the crew. And then they pulled a um, uh, another crew, the flight attendants, off of another flight that was coming in from Boston. And so we were sitting there on the tarmac. And when the the new flight crew came on, people were cheering. And it was such a cool <laughs> moment how people reacted to these people who were doing the extra to get us home. Yeah. And I, I tried to pull out my camera and get video of it, but it was just such a cool moment. High-fiving them as they walked down the aisle. So, <laughs> oh, you know, great. the goodness of people shows through in a time like that. That yeah. was really cool. It was a trying time. Now, you're at, uh, what are the call letters of Fox 35 in Orlando? We are WOFL, Fox 35. You've been there. Now, you were there before. <laughs> I was, yeah. So I was here and then uh, St. Louis. Well, it was St. Louis and here, then St. Louis and here. And so uh, it's uh, people are like, wait, weren't you? I'm like, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> it, we forget how cold it is at times. But uh, no, I still, I mean, the whole crew at Fox 2, still great friends. So I talk to them all the time up there. Good, so good. still, I mean, that's the place that I always dreamed of being when I was uh, when I was a young kid. So uh it was. It's a very special place for me. Yeah, John Perchmore said he's going to be listening today. Oh shoot! I'm. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's the best. He uh, the whole crew is. I mean, Ed, that's what I wish people could sometimes see is the people behind the scenes. And I saw Dan Gray just retired. Yes, going through some health issues, but behind the scene, you'll find no better person. I mean, Margie. I've started with her in radio back with Smash. I mean, way back in the oh, day. My. And so I think I've worked with pretty much everybody in TV and radio in St. Louis. And just to be around those people, it's just, it's great. It's just such a good group of people. That's nice to hear. Now, you did two stints at Fox 2. 
I did. Yep. And uh, and then several stints at all the radio stations in town. Yeah, yeah, every station. No, not every. Well, when I was with Metro Networks and people remember that was the radio and traffic back then. And so I had the cool opportunity young in my career to be on like every station in town. And I worked with all the legends. So, I mean, I had a for people who grew up in St. Louis is different than probably any place else with their affection may not be the right word, but how people in the media and the community connect. It's someplace I've never seen. And so being able to work with all the legends in, in St. Louis over the past 20 or 30 years, I mean, that's one of the coolest moments. When I'm done, when I pack it up, I'm going to look back and think, wow, I worked with all those people. Yeah. And so it was just it's really cool, the pedigree that I've had going through all the media in St. Louis. Uh, John Brown, you also had a show called The Daily Buzz. What was that? <laughs> So that was that was also based here in Orlando. That was a nationally syndicated uh, morning show for a while, kind of a precursor of. Uh, well, I hearken it back to the days of morning zoo radio, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the seventies and eighties, and that's kind of what we we started down here. And uh, yeah, the show's not on anymore, but the people who worked on that, like there's people at TMZ now that we worked with. There's people up at Fox News. There's some CNN folks. I mean, it's. It was cool to be on the, I guess, the ground floor of something that was so different and seeing how it kind of morphed into other things. So that was that was that was really cool. So that was a, and it was on the air in St. Louis, too. So it was kind oh. of fun that that was my first national TV exposure. And I could actually see people in or people saw me in Springfield and Jeff City, Columbia and St. Louis. So it was kind of nice not being on the air at that point in St. Louis the people from my home yeah. were able to see me and, and, and then I could connect with them when I came back. So that was, that was a cool moment in time. Now, where did you grow up? I'm a, well, <laughs> I, I don't know if you ever heard my speech there about the history. So it was 20 different places all in Missouri oh, my- before I graduated college. And, and that's kind of, that's where all my history books came from was living in all these different towns ah. all over the, mostly small towns. Yeah. I mean, I graduated in Bell, Missouri, which was population one, two, three, three at that time. But my family, my roots are at Lake of the Ozarks. That's old Lake of the Ozarks family back there. Redneck royalty. That's what we call it. <laughs> <laughs> Before there was a lake, that was our family. So, uh, but then, uh, yeah, my dad was out in Wright city in Warrington area, you know, funeral homes out there. So I split time between the St. Louis area. And Lake of the Ozarks. So I've always said I had the best, as much as I love the state of Missouri, I had the best combination of being able to experience it all. No, you sure did. Small towns. And that's that's where, that's really where all my history books came from was being able to be in all these small towns and the big towns and see who was from there and the historic moments that happened there. And, you know, I think one one speech I gave, I was asked by a uh, a history professor, why, why do you think you can write a history book or something along those lines? It wasn't being mean, but yeah. I said, well, what you guys have learned in, in university settings, I actually lived there. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I knew the people in those towns. I knew what made them tick. And then being able to be in the media in all those Missouri markets and covering stories. And that's really where the passion for Missouri history came from was just really being there oh, you'll find more John, than anything, just being there. John Brown's name in a lot of books. I mean, I don't know what the first, was Missouri Legends the first? Yeah, Missouri Legends was the very first one. I think that was back in, in 2008. And I'm, I'm sure you've been in a situation like this, too, where I couldn't get anybody to publish it. Oh, yeah, Everybody thought the, it was incredibly interesting. And then I'm like, great, do you want to publish it? And they said, no. <laughs> so finally, Reedy Press said, no, this is great. And oh, good. it ended up being a big seller across Missouri. 
just because at that point, and that was before Wikipedia, and that was really before the Internet was big, big, where all these teachers, when they would teach their fourth grade history lessons, said, thank you for writing this book because I see the same five people. It's a Mark Twain. It's um, Harry Truman, uh, General John J. Pershing, you know, all the same people. And all of a sudden with my book, people were able to see famous actors, famous engineers, famous architects. And so the kids had this wealth of information they could pull from. And more importantly, a lot of them were from the small towns they were in. Mm-hmm. So a kid out in Moberly, Missouri, could read about somebody who famous grew up out there, somebody in north northeast Missouri. And so that to me, it's still and I love getting back to Missouri to speak about this because going into these towns and saying, you know, whatever this inferiority complex we sometimes have from Missouri is, it's unwarranted yes. because now look at this. Here are the famous people from your area that came with the same background as you, no great pedigree, no great wealth, and yet they were able to achieve great things. And so to me, it's, it's part motivational speech, part history speech to say, you guys can all do this too. And here's the roadmap. And that to me is the best thing I get to talk about when I do come back to Missouri is show people who had been from the show me state. I think that's really interesting. And your books are all from Reedy Press, I believe. Yeah, everyone. Now, even there's one yeah. in, about Orlando too. <laughs> well, just before we got on the air, I'm actually finishing up a book down here. Oh. And then uh, it's going to be, uh, it's that secret series. I think there's Secret St. Louis, and um, there's a few others, and soon there's going to be a Secret Missouri, and oh, that's the God. one that uh, I'll be working on with my daughter and and through Reedy Press as well, and one of my co-anchors, Amanda, who I've written so many books with. Um, we're going to be we're going to be writing it together uh, this coming year. So that's, that's great. I got to finish Orlando first, and then back to another Missouri book, which what is going to be a lot of fun. A hundred things to do before you die in Orlando. Uh-huh. I did write that one. Uh, But, you know, that's different. What's so funny about that book is, you know, because this is such a touristy area. And so when you write a book about things to do in Orlando, uh, you're just going to know that by the time the book comes out in print, some of those things are going to be gone. When I first when I wrote the first version of 100 Things to Do in Orlando, I think four or five things were just gone. So here's the book coming out. And I'm like, well, the ducks don't walk down the Peabody Peabody walk anymore in the hotel. (laughs) And, uh, but then again, there's a thousand new things you can write about. So there's never a, never a shortage of material down here to write about. John Brown is our guest. He will be right back with us. He's from Orlando right now from this area though. And we'll talk about differences between the cities and also predictions for the future of St. Louis on KMOX. (laughs) Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage 
to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the show. This is Johnny Rabbit for Amy and Chris today on a very warm day in St. Louis. Oh, and headed down to Florida right now. We just had a call from Rick Wallace, John Brown. And he said <laughs> oh, you were one of his favorite students at the broadcast center. <laughs> oh, the professor. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. That's uh, So when I say that I got to work with a lot of the legends, not only did I work with them all these years, but I went to broadcast center right out of college mm-hmm. and got to be taught by so many of those guys. Right. I mean, just all the all the legendary guys that you've ever heard of. And so, again, for a kid like me growing up, not knowing I could even do media, not knowing any of that stuff, then getting to be taught by the guys I'd listen to and then getting to work alongside them. I mean, that's uh, that's the ultimate right there. It, it was really it was is. so yeah. cool to uh, be with these guys. Now, where'd you go to college? Uh, so I graduated at Central Methodist University up in Fayette. And um, a lot of people don't know this, but I was getting ready to go to medical school in 1994. What are your degrees? And, uh, degrees from uh, biology and chemistry and uh-huh. pre-medical studies at East Central uh, in Union as well. Uh-huh. I have a, a degree there. Um, but at, at that point, I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. And everybody said, well, if you don't know for sure, don't go right now. And so I ran off to Miami and that's where I got into radio. And so after two years on South Beach, there was really no way I was going back to medical school. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I had forgotten maybe everything I'd ever learned over the past 25 years. So that was out. So I stuck with radio. Yeah. It's a common story, right? <laughs> it's the truth. That is the truth. Now, what about your trivia book? Is there uh, is that still in print? Missouri. You know what? I I still have one of those, mm-hmm. and uh, we may have to redo that one because for a long time. And this is this is so funny. There was a uh, oh, and I forget which uh, which parish it was, but you know they have the the trivia nights, oh, right? Yeah, right. And right. so I got invited by some friends there in the, in South St. Louis. And I end up going to trivia night, and they're using my book oh, no. <laughs> as, as the question. <laughs> and the problem was, I couldn't remember half of them. Everybody thought, oh, this is unfair. I'm like, 
I, I can't, why can't, why do I not know this stuff? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it's not out anymore, but I get requests for it all the time. So that, that may be the next one after, yeah. after secret Missouri, that may be the next one for me to redo that one. What about <laughs> writing a book? Now you've written a lot of books. How long does it take you to write a book? I'm sure they're different, varying, but generally. Yeah. Well, you know, um, in the early years, like Missouri legends took me practically 12 years. And that was simply because one, I I didn't have a book out. I didn't know how to go about it, Mm -hmm. but I just kept compiling information. And then, and then finally, when I got to really working on that, that one took me about a year, but as you know, knowledge builds on knowledge. So just before the Missouri bicentennial. So in 2020, that was the year I wrote four books all Mm -hmm. on Missouri history. So we had, you know, like one every three months was coming out. And, um, so I'm, I would never do that again, even though it gets a little easier because you have a knowledge base. And, and I had a lot of people, experts in the field who would help me and, and say, well, maybe not this, maybe go along this line. So, I mean, that helped. Um, but again, I, I, one of my mentors early in the business, uh, I was an attorney named D Wampler down in Springfield, Missouri. He's the one who encouraged me. He says, I think everybody has one book in them simply because over the course of your life, you become an expert in something. Yes. And I, that, was, that opened my eyes. I was like, wow. So we're all, even though it may not be, you know, the, the path that you think would be a, a knowledge base, it is because you're doing during the course of your life the exact same thing that other authors do. So I've always encouraged people, you know, if you have something you're passionate about, you know, I just talked to a guy who's writing a book on woodworking hmm. because he had been a woodworker his whole life. I'm like, well, a lot of people want to learn how to do that. Talk about it. And so that's the one thing I always encourage young authors is what are you passionate about? What do you do all day long? Because you're building your knowledge base. Start writing it. Start writing your best thoughts down mm-hmm. and just go from there and then see where it goes. And it may not be something, you know, that you can get a publisher, but there's self-publishing options now. There but are, I guarantee yeah. you there are people who would be interested in reading it. Yeah, but there are. There's self-publishing or whatever. But writing. Writing is the big thing. You, got to, you can't just think about right. it. You've got to write. Yeah. And and that's one thing, you know, when I get my manuscripts back from the editor, I think my last book I had, I thought it was something ridiculous, like 17,000 edits that I had to go through <laughs> in my last book. And it's little stuff, but, you know, and I, I say, I, I don't consider myself to be the best writer because I write for TV. So I write like I talk. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was a detriment. But then that's one of the reasons my books have done so well is because I write it in a way people can understand. So you don't have to be you know, uh, ivory tower intellectual type, because that may not be your audience. Right. And as I've, and I've always said with my books too, I don't consider myself to be a historian. I'm just a guy who is incredibly interested in all these different aspects of history. And if what I write on a surface level gets people more interested in diving deeper, well, then I did my job. I'm not a you know, I can't go six levels deep on the history of the Civil War. That's not my thing. Mm-hmm. But I can tell some pretty interesting stories about how Missouri was so impactful during the Civil War. And then if you say, wow, I want to learn more about this era, then you can go back and look more because there are tons of great people who have written about that in the past. And so uh, that, that's kind of my job, quote unquote, when it comes to me writing history books. Now, John Brown on uh, television, Fox 35 in Orlando. When are you on? What's your schedule? I do the evening news, the, uh, the, um, the 5, 6, 10, and 11 here. And, um, you know, it's, it, it is funny, though, because, you know, the days are long. But covering the news down here is just different than St. Louis because How in St. Mean? Louis, well, in St. Louis, when you would do the news, 
if you are going to talk about a particular neighborhood, one, you better pronounce it right. Yeah. You know, if you're doing a story on Shoto, you better say it right, first of all. And two, you better know that area because I've never seen a city where people know their history better than St. Louis. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the publishers actually told me one time, if you look at the numbers, St. Louis is, I believe, third in regional history books, only behind New York and I think it was Boston. Wow. You know, the people in St. Louis really care about their history, so you better know it. And, you know, in a city that's growing, that's somewhat new, like Orlando, uh, people don't know the area so much. So it's more of an explainer of, oh, this happened on the west side of Orlando in an area you may not know about. So you just have to explain it differently. But in St. Louis, you better be buttoned up. You better know, you know, you better know the history of the area. You better know why certain areas developed the way they did. And so to me, it was always cool because I did know that stuff. And being able to put it in terms for the people in those areas to understand uh, that to me, that, that that was one of the main areas, one of the main ways I think you have to cover it differently. So there is a difference between Orlando and St. Louis in that. And, of course, the weather is different as well. Yeah. <laughs> Weather's different. I mean, I can predict the weather for the next three months here in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> and in St. Louis, meanwhile, you had minus 35 wind chills. Now, yeah. what is it, like 65 today? So, right, right. Yeah, that's, that that's a challenge right there. <laughs> other, than, other than that, how do you compare the cities? What, what are the differences? Um. Well, because St. Louis is so, I mean, I'm not going to shock anybody. St. Louisans are set in their ways, I believe. And we like things done a certain way, and it's going to be done this way. And that can be an asset, but it can also be a detriment. In in Orlando, I always said, this is a city of possibilities. Somebody will come up with an idea, and everybody will get on board immediately and say, okay, let's build a train between here and Miami, which they're doing. Hmm. And then expanding the train, the high-speed train between Orlando and Tampa, and it's eventually going to connect all those cities. Well, in St. Louis, as you know, like the Hyperloop, or in some Missouri in general, right. they'll debate it and debate it and debate it, and sometimes can't move forward. Now, that can be good because it moves things slowly and maybe less margin for error, but at some point, I think that people have to learn to work together. And, you know, I don't know how people feel about the city county merger. I don't know if that's the right answer, but in studying all these other cities, whether it's Nashville, Indianapolis, Orlando, Austin, you name it, those areas have found a way to work together as a collective so that one municipality is not stealing the Walmart to move right across the street, which is going to leave an empty building, which is going to hurt the tax base. And so in an area like Orlando, it's looked at as as a whole, like where's the best spot for uh, an Amazon warehouse? Where's the best spot for this to go in? While we all know the stories in St. Louis, it's it's a constant fight. And we see the issues. Right. But I'm also one of the ones who's very, um, very bullish on St. Louis. You know, I always said you can always tell the health of an area by how many cranes you can see in the downtown area. That's true. And when I would drive, you know, in, even in Chattanooga, which is booming, you would see cranes. Nashville, obviously. Atlanta, always. Uh, Orlando, we have cranes everywhere. And in the five years I was back in St. Louis, we went from zero when I first moved back to when we left, you're seeing cranes building buildings again in Clayton, uh, out in Chesterfield, um, and then in the Central West End, and even downtown. You know, yeah. you're starting to see yeah. some life there again with the soccer stadium and the AT&T Tower coming back to life. I mean, those are good things. If the crime issue can somehow get settled out, I still think the future of downtown could be very bright because of all those things going in there. I do, too. Now, you can, if you don't mind, just come up with a, a solution for crime if you can. Man, you know what? I, I, I wish I could. Yeah, I do, too. And I, I've told the story time and again 
um, when I moderated a mayoral debate there uh, seven years ago. Uh, that was one of the questions I asked. I oh. said, outside of adding more police officers, what solutions do you have to crime? And of the panel of people up there, it was there was really nothing because I, we've just reverted back on add more police, add more police. Well, then it became, no, defund the police. Okay, so we, we can't come to a consensus there. So what other options do you have? And there were there are plenty out there, and you know there's controversies with some, but looking at crime in a different way, you know obviously education's a big deal. Do you fix the, how do you fix the education system so that people aren't into a life of crime? But again, if you get those things fixed and you start to see the progress, you know I, the, the soccer stadium to me in downtown St. Louis is a bigger deal than a lot of people may realize. Not only because it's another major sport in St. Louis. But look at the things that will develop around that. I know my buddy, uh, they, run, they own Union Station. They're getting ready to put in a new bar right there on the corner. So then you get that part of the city going again. And that's going to open up just in time for the soccer. Uh, it's called the pitch. It's going to be in Union Station. So just one more thing that happens that draws people down there. And, you know, and the assets of having the Cardinals there. Right. No other city packs a stadium like the Cardinals. That's right. If you can start taking advantage of those little things and grow out from there, I do believe that city has a great his, a great future. Has an amazing history. That's for sure. You just can't get stuck on it. You just got to keep growing, and I think it can if people can come together and come with solutions. A lot of things to think about. And John Brown, thank you for talking to us about all these things, and hope we talk again soon. Oh, anytime. You all know right. I can talk. So <laughs> I know. you got my number. You just call me anytime you want to call. All right, all right John. I want to talk. Thanks very much. Good to talk to you. Bye-bye. Nice to talk with you. This is Johnny Rabbit for Amy and Chris and the show from KMOX. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.
That's the show. This is Johnny Rabbit, and oh, we've got a lot of people listening today. Faith and Amy. Faith and Amy are with the Schaefer Auto Body Company on Watson Road. Thank you for listening. And in Kirkwood, there's Michelle at Erker's, and over at the Missouri History Museum, we heard from Justin Smith. He's the technical advisor there. Uh, John Gunther uh, is listening this afternoon, and even Joe Holloman is uh, there listening in. He's uh, coming back from vacation. Now, coming back, I, you, you're supposed to be retired, Tim O'Neill. Isn't that oh. the word? Officially retired? Yeah, I got up about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. But in, well, here, I've got the paper from yesterday. Front page. I'm looking at the page. Wow, Regis' biggest stories of 19, I mean, 19, of 2022. And there it is, Tim O'Neill. Well, once a year, they pull me out of mothballs and have me do that piece. And that's enough journalism for me year to year. Well, that's a, yes. well it's it's yeah. good. It's very interesting. Okay. Uh, there's the one about debate over books. Uh, I was thinking about Grove Press from years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover. They had, uh, the FBI was after him and all that. Uh, so that's going to be a big story for the future. The books being banned or whatever the terminology might be. Yeah. But we're going to go back in time for our conversation. Now, you uh, were, well, you're still technically with the Post in some ways. So when did you start there? When was your first? Oh, 1984. I was five years down at the Globe Democrat, and then I washed up at the Post when the Globe started going down. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I grew up here and worked at several other places in the farm system <clears throat> and uh, came back to St. Louis. So 84 to 2017 at the Post. Oh, that's a and, long time. That's a heck of a run. Special guest reappearance once a year. So there you go. Yeah, that's good. It, and it's uh, good that you're doing that. And yeah. hey, I think a book that I really enjoy, and I've got it here, it's a big, heavy book. It's called Tales from the St. Louis Police Beat Mobs, Mayhem, and Murder by Tim O'Neill, who we're speaking with at the Post Dispatch. I like uh, Charlie Berger, leader of the Burger Gang, on the back, his, his <laughs> quote from. Uh, Two hours before his execution, April 19th, 1928, I've shot men in my time, but I never shot one that didn't deserve it. And that is a good quote. I, what a guy he was. His form of justice. Oh, That's right. man. Oh, man. Well, yeah. it's good that you're taking some time for us okay. today to talk about some of the, well, you know, we're ever, uh, just just now, I don't know if you were listening or not, but John Brown was calling in from Orlando. John Brown had been here for a long time mm-hmm. on a couple of tours at KTVI Channel 2. And we were just talking about crime. We are talking about the uh, the future of the city. How do we get rid of crime or lessen the crime that's in the St. Louis area? And you've written about it You've in your book. You've written about it in the newspaper. And so maybe we can cover some things of the past. All of this, this there's always a different kind of crime. Some of the things are new, would not have happened 50, 100 years ago. But there was a lot of crime in the past. So what type of things uh, really go back to... Um, Maybe 1935, which is quite a while ago. What what was a big crime story in that? Well, the, the thing that I think is so interesting about 1935 is we have this magnificent arch down on the riverfront. And yes. We all love it, and it's known around the world and all that. But in 1935, the city had to pass a bond issue to get the feds to agree to pony up money for the project. Mm-hmm. So we had to have a down payment. And we had a mayor back then, <clears throat> a wonderful, big, larger-than-life guy named Bernard Dickman, who got all the city employees into the Keel Auditorium. That This is back in the days of everybody was um, patronage. And said, I want some uh, good work at the election. I don't want any pussyfooting. I'm going to fire anybody who doesn't work. 
So lo and behold, for the 1935 referendum to put up the local money, an amazing thing happened. We had a 71% yes, about half of the total vote in the city cast ballots, supposedly. Um, that's hard to get on a referendum. There were wards like Michael Kinney. Senator Michael Kinney was a senator for 56 years. He's a fascinating old creature. His brother ran Egan's Rats, and, and he'll figure into other things we might talk about today. Yeah. His ward came 97% yes. <laughs> <laughs> there was a precinct in the city, not his ward, that had 505 votes to nothing in oh. favor of it, and the precinct had 508 voters total. Oh, my gosh. So there were these investigations, and the post-dispatch got into it and won a Pulitzer for all of that, but the Supreme Court of Missouri wound up said, nope, nope, technicality, it goes. So we got the local money, which gave us the three-to-one from the federal government, <clears throat> and you know, some years later, there's the arch. So I like to look at the arch and think about the foundation of of um, precinct boxes underneath all yes. that concrete. How it came about. Was, was, yeah. uh, Michael Kenny, wasn't he known as Snake? No, that was his brother. His brother was a snake. Tom was the senator before him. Ah. Tom was one of the leaders of Egan's Rats, which was a, a big gang back in the early teens, 20s. And then they got broken up. By uh, getting a little too greedy, and the yeah. feds finally got him. Hmm. Yeah, that was you know the days of Jelly Roll Hogan and all those. Yep. those yep. Well, those that was people. his big opponent. The Kennys hated the Hogans. Sort of like we were earlier talking uh, with Steve Saint Pierre of the Have a Cow Cafe about the Bloods and the Crips mm-hmm. today. So well, back then, we pretty had... much like that. I mean, we tend to rem- as, as uh, Americans, we tend to romanticize gangsters. You know, looking way back in Prohibition, and we've got all these running TV shows and popular movies. They were just a bunch of creeps, just like the guys today. Yeah. You know, there wasn't anything romantic about people killing each other. No, isn't that for sure? Yeah. Well, let's move up in time. That was 35. Let's uh, go up to 1953. Now, 53, there were a couple of very big things that happened in St. Louis. Oh, big things. Well, you have, okay, the Southwest Bank. Yes. That was... The Southwest Bank robbery, you know, was considered the um, many people consider it the St. Louis Police Department's finest hour. Well, now I think it's been replaced by the way the cops went in and took down the shooter at Old Southwest High in 14 minutes. I think that is now the department's finest hour. But coming in second is the uh, Southwest Bank robbery. Four guys from... uh, the Chicago area, including uh, the the ringleader was a guy named Fred Bowerman, who mm. was on the 10 Most Wanted, the FBI. Mm. They decided that Southwest Bank down there on South Kings Highway and Vandevenner, Southwest Avenue, was an easy pick. So they get, gather up and get the getaway car and storm into the bank. Bowerman's in the lead with a sawed-off shotgun. And two of the very brave tellers tripped their silent alarms. And there was a Bell telephone guy who was just working on the system in a, in a side room, saw it all happen, called the police. So the bulletin went out, and two, two policemen were in a car about two blocks north, and um, Mel Stein and Robert Heights. Oh, yeah. And they charged down there, and Stein went to the front door, and Heights went around the side door. Heights was wounded. Um, obviously, there were a whole lot more police coming, too. 40 shots got fired in the craziness. One of the bad guys 
who was the one holding the $140,000 in money in the in the bag, shoots himself because he doesn't want to go back to prison. Oh. Uh, Bowerman grabs a hostage and goes out the front door with his shotgun snug against her back. And Mel Stein is there, got a good angle, shoots him. And uh, so <clears throat> it all gets busted up, and, and the, 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 the driver got away, but they found him at his dad's house in Chicago a few days later. Hmm. Um, it was, and, and then Bowerman, the lead bad guy, died. So, and then the two survivors got 25 years. So, I mean, the Southwest bank robbery was quick work by the police department. Yeah, Absolutely. Was. And a movie was made about yeah, it. Yeah, there was a movie, and, and Steve McQueen was part of it. And please don't ask me what his role was, because I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't a cop, I can tell you that. That, no, was, that was no. a great St. Louis bank robbery. I'm sure you can yeah. find that on YouTube if you haven't. Well, all over the place, because one thing that's interesting from the Post point of view yeah. is that there was this, this old photographer, and um, he heard it also on the radio and drove as fast as he could down to uh, the um, bank robbery scene. And so if you look at the Post-Dispatch website um, and the old stories about it, there are all these photographs from the scene. And Bowerman's down on the ground, and the cops are around him. So Jack, the photographer, did amazing work. Was that Jack Zert? No, no, I'm, 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 I'm embarrassing myself. That's right all right. Now. I can't remember. I'm going to think no. of it in just a second. He was, he was with the paper a long uh, Jack January. Oh yes, yes. I had yes. to look it up. So um, he was there for years, but. He he made like a police car and charged from downtown oh, to the Southwest Bank. We'll come back uh, with Tim O'Neill uh, in just a couple of minutes. We're going to talk about another big story. I mean, one that is very memorable from 1953 as we review Crime of the Past on KMOX. Well, we're back with our criminologist, Tim O'Neill. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> from the yeah, post You flatter me. Okay. Uh, well, you, I mean, you, with this book, I mean, this is a textbook for everybody to want to read about crime. Uh, and some of your stories that we're talking about, I maybe all of them are in the book. 1953, we just talked about the Southwest Bank robbery. You could, I, I don't know if they're gone now, but you were able to see some of the uh, indentations in the brick for, from bullet oh, holes. Uh, but what that about... Was my, that was my first bank, and my mom showed me the holes. <laughs> no so kidding. Cool I mean, that's, right. that's funny. Yep. <clears throat> uh, another 1953 story that lives on to this day for so many reasons. What is it? The Greenlees case. Ah, yes. Bobby Greenlees. Yeah. He was a six-year-old boy who was the... Uh, Late, you know, the the son of a very successful Cadillac dealer over in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and uh, he lived with his wife in Mission Hills, Kansas, in a fancy suburb. Sure. And the little boy went to a Catholic grade school over in Kansas City. So now we have two losers, Carl Hall and Bonnie Hetty. Oh yeah. They, uh, Carl had gone to prison for a taxi cab holdup, and they were both barflies. And Carl knew about the wealth of the Greenleys family, so he said, let's make it easy. Let's kidnap the boy. Mm-hmm. So Bonnie shows up at the school and says, I'm Bobby's aunt, and his mother just had a heart attack. And the nuns actually let him go, and Bobby didn't flinch. He took the lady's hand. They took him across the state line to Kansas, shot and killed him. Mm. Brought him up to St. Joseph, where Bonnie had a house, buried him in the backyard in a flower bed, called up the green leases and said, give us 600000 in 10s and 20s. Oh. 
And so the they couldn't figure out who had done it, so they, there was the $600,000 drop made east of Kansas City out on old U.S. Highway 40. Carl and Bonnie drive to St. Louis. They get an apartment near Tower Grove Park. They get drunk. They have a fight. He calls a cab. He gets a prostitute, and they go out to the wonderful Coral Courts Motel uh-huh. out on Watson. <clears throat> but the cabbie calls up a guy, Joe uh, Costello, um, John Costello. Just a minute. No, Joe. Um, I sh- anyway, Costello was, uh, was a hot. He was in the gang and said, I got an easy one. Well, Costello calls Lieutenant Lewis Shoulders, who mm-hmm. was a dirty cop. Yep. And Shoulders grabs the um, a fill-in driver, poor Elmer Dolan. They go out and grab uh, Carl at an apartment near Forest Park, another apartment, and take him and the 600 and um, the pistol, <clears throat> and they're going to go, you know, turn him in. They thought they've just got some embezzler from Omaha or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they wind up going down to Costello's house, and they give half of the money to Costello. And then they go to the police station on Newstead and say, look what we got. Look at this 300000 and this bad guy. Well, Carl, after a little bit, starts talking about little uh, Bobby Greenlees and how he didn't do it. Some guy named Tom actually killed him. Well, shoulders just about you-know-what in his <laughs> uniform. Yeah. And dashes back <clears throat> to Costello's house. Well, there, there are no returns when you deal with the mob, okay? You don't get money back. Right. So Shoulders had to just, you know, perjure himself along. And the mob threatened poor Dolan, who had a wife and kids. They wind up going to prison for perjury. But, but before that happens, Carl and Bonnie confess and say where the body is. And so the body's found. And then they go, they get charged in federal court in Kansas City under the old, the Lindbergh law from, uh, you know, Charles Lindbergh kidnapping case. And they're convicted and don't want to appeal. And 81 days after they committed the murder, they are executed by, in the gas chamber at the Missouri State Penitentiary in Jeff City. 81 days. 81 days. (laughs) Yep. Today it would be, well... Who knows? Be a little longer. Yes. Oh, I know, yes. man. What, that is, it really is, uh, well, it's a very sad story. I mean, oh, and my it, gosh. So many yeah. connections to St. Louis. It just, yeah. it really is amazing. Yeah. Um, and it now, was Joseph Costello. So yeah. sorry about that uh, blink, that retired brain I think problem. he lived on Gurney Court, if I'm not mistaken. He was right there by, yeah, Tower Grove Park shows up prominently in this stuff. Yeah. So... Um, now, we'll go back to the 1920s. Of course, we were talking about uh, the days of Prohibition. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some sort of a whiskey case. Oh, that is that is my favorite of all of the old crimes in St. Louis. Oh, my. Uh, Jack Daniels Distillery came up here in 1910 because Tennessee had already gone dry. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they built a distillery where the uh, Ikea store is now. <clears throat> Pardon me for my throat. And so... In those days, the warehouses that had liquor could keep it, and it could be used for medicinal purposes and other things, but it was supposedly on lockdown with federal agents. Well, Senator Michael Kinney's brother was the um, 
agent for that building. Now that's so, that's the snake, right? No, that that's, that that snake's uh, other another other, brother? other brother. How yes. many brothers yes. are they? Home? Oh, the the Kennys are everywhere in this stuff. <laughs> um, and um, so these guys who were pretty pretty well connected concocted this scheme to siphon the booze out of 893 barrels in this warehouse. Oh my. In a hose down the alley, 150 feet, 150 feet to another building, and then they put the whiskey back in another barrel, and they would refill the old barrels with water and vinegar, and they would leave one for the roving revenue agent to come take a nip to make sure it was all there. Hmm. So they get away with this booze, and it it finally they get tripped up. Um, you know, criminals don't keep secrets very well. And about a dozen people from St. Louis, including some prominent people like uh, Nat Goldstein, who was the former circuit clerk. He was one of the big shot Republicans in town. Ed O'Hare, the father of Eddie O'Hare from St. Louis, Navy ace and namesake of of Chicago's airport, which I still can't make my peace with. They all go to prison. And then a couple years later, they're let out and they come through St. Louis on a train to go to Leaven, no, they're sentenced. They're going to Leavenworth to do their federal time. The train stops in the St. Louis Union Station, and more than 4,000 well-wishers greet them at the station mm-hmm. and give them cigars and candy and, and all that. And um, it really was amazing. All these people were grateful for uh, the way these guys helped make the whiskey flow. <laughs> so, uh, But it was, you know, to think about... You know, them pumping this stuff in a hose 150 yeah. feet. That's um, amazing. And, of course, you know, oh. the young Kenny brother just, I don't know. Who knows what happened? How did that happen? Yeah. Well, Tim, so, thank you. This, these okay. are some great stories, I've, uh, wonderful stories. Next time yeah. when you go to Ikea, think about the, the whiskey milk. Oh, yeah. And it's all, you know, you can Google it or get it on the Post website because yeah. we wrote about all this stuff over the yeah, years. That's true. And all right, Tim I, O'Neill. And I rewrote it, so, okay. Hey. Okay. Talk Mr. Rabbit, you. thank you so much. Thank you very, very much. Uh, the Front Row, Theaters and Theater in St. Louis is a program I'm going to be doing for Oasis next Monday. Next Monday, 1030 to 1130. It's all about the theaters and people who are in the movies are that are from St. Louis are connections. Like, what did uh, the owner of the American Theater have to do with Gone with the Wind? Sort of a lot of behind-the-scenes stories as well. We'll cover 150 years of theaters like the Vistiful and the Muni and, and some of the old ones like the Victory and the 66 Parkin and so on. It's for Oasis in Clayton. Here's how to get in on this if you want to. Call 862-4859, extension 24. The number again, area code 314-862-4859, extension extension 24. It's 1030, and that's next Monday. Hope we'll see you there. Johnny Rabbit, KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 